Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. Okay, so we're talking about uh, 10-minute topics on rehabbing. So rehabbing and construction in New York, the first thing you got to know is who has jurisdiction over your area. So what I mean by that is... Um, Who's, who's, who, who has jurisdiction in that area? So in Nassau County, there are three towns. There's Hempstead, North Hempstead, and Oyster Bay. And then there's a, a million villages in those towns. And there are cities, city of Glen Cove, city of Long Beach. You have to know who has uh, jurisdiction because that's the agency that you're going to have to deal with if you need permits. And that's the agency you're going to have to deal with. If you're not getting permits, that may catch you uh, and say you do need permits. So it's important to go there and check out what's on file um, before you do any work. Now, the reason why you want to do that, even if you're doing minimal work uh, before you buy something, is because you want to find out if anything was done illegally before. And most importantly, are there any open violations or open permits? The reason why you do that before you start anything is because if there are open violations or open permits, you're going to need to file a permit to get rid of that stuff. Because if you're selling the property eventually to a retail end user, they're going to run a title report and see that stuff, and they're not going to buy it from you uh, unless that's cleared up. So the idea that I'm just going to do work without permits, uh, which some people do, um, doesn't make sense if you're going to have to deal with the permit process at some point. Um, also, you need to find out what you do need a permit for. Uh, in some villages, you need a permit if you change two windows. In some villages, you don't need a permit if you're doing direct replacement. In some cities, you know, you're just putting the plumbing uh, fixtures back where they were. So it's important that you find out what's needed and what's there, what's open. Uh, let me look at some other notes I made here. Okay, so the question is really, what do these building departments want? What they want is money. <laughs> so some of the things we've done is file maintain permits. There's two types of permits. There's a permit you can get before you do work. It's a standard permit. You say, I'm gonna put in this uh, kitchen. Here are the plans, approve it. They say, okay, they're gonna do multiple inspections usually at that point. They're gonna to wanna to see a lot of things that are behind the walls. A maintained permit usually costs more, could be an you know, extra few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, but that's usually to legalize something that was done already. So that that, that that permit comes into play. If you, let's say, bought a house and they have done some work, you want to legalize it. So the, the advantage of getting a maintained permit, the disadvantage is it costs a little more. The advantage is they're not going to usually ask you for anything behind the walls. They're not going to ask you about any plumbing behind the walls. They're not going to ask you about um, insulation or things behind the walls. So... Sometimes a maintained permit might be better to get, speak to your municipality about what you, you should get. Um, and then the question always comes up of whether you file permits or not. So again, you got to know what's legal and what's not. You got to know different areas are much more, much more uh, on top of their, uh, of people doing work. Um, you got to know if the neighbors are people that are not going to be happy with you. If you, you you should always try and keep the neighbors happy. There's certain neighbors that are never happy, right? We had a neighbor that uh, anything we did, they called the, they called the village on us. So you have to take all those things into consideration. Um, obviously, if you're just painting, you don't need a permit. Um, but almost anything else in some areas you do. So the hardest part about rehabbing, the two, there's two hard parts. The hard part is finding a good contractor. That's a nightmare. And uh, I could probably talk for an hour about it. Um, the best contractors, we, we, we've blown through probably 30 contractors. 
some are great when they start when you give them one job they are on top of it and they are just have this dream of endless work from you um, but then most of these guys are not really qualified to do multiple jobs at one time a lot of these guys were tradesmen so they were laborers or carpenters or some kind of specific trade person a sheetrock guy and then they decide to do it themselves but very often these guys are not businessmen so maybe they can run one job but when you give them two jobs at a time or three jobs at a time they start to fall apart they can't manage money they can't manage their time so do not take a new contract and give them multiple jobs if you take a new contract and give them one job ask them how many jobs you can do they'll all say i could do it in a million and try them with two jobs you know just try it you got to work slowly how to find these contractors the best places are from referrals people that use them that will tell you the truth not this guy's amazing he's great just they'll tell you the good and the bad we have contractors we refer to people and we tell them straight up the guy is not going to finish the job when he tells you he will he's good work is good i mean the general the, the old rule for contractors is cheap good and fast right if you can get two out of three you're in good shape it's very hard to find all three so you find cheap and good cheap and fast but not so good you think about it um so we have guys who are cheap and good but they're not fast so you have to just take that into consideration whenever he tells us the time we figure it's double um, and there are some guys who are just not as good and you can use them maybe for rental grade property but you wouldn't use them on a on eight hundred thousand dollar property that you're going to sell to an end user because the tile works is going to be great it's going to be issues so you have to take all those things into account um the real the really so after you assuming you have a contractor you think is gonna do a good job the hardest part is what to do and what not to do right when we started uh, working we 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 thought we were going to be Tarek and Christina from from uh, flip or flop we're gonna open every property and we did we opened every property to make it open concept and got renovated everything very often we found that the first thing the end user did when they bought the property was undo the things that we had spent a lot of money and a lot of time on so you have to know your area you have to know what other pro properties that are selling for renovated properties are going for but we really approach most rehab projects today is what can we not do what can we just get done that this will get us a price that's not at the top of the market but a little below very often we won't do structural work and we'll leave a kitchen closed where we used to open it up um, because there are people who don't want open concept um, an open concept brings other issues right you need to define spaces you're probably going to need to stage that property whereas if it's just a kitchen you may not need to stage it if there's you know four walls so also that bathroom that maybe is not perfect but is okay maybe you leave it if it's not the master bathroom if it's a basement bathroom things like that so that's the way we looked at things now and I think it's a much better way to approach rehabbing um, really looking at what not to do what can be kept what can be saved let me look at other properties right Here, here's a good one uh, sometimes I look at renovated properties and they say it's got four bathrooms but the pictures only have two bathrooms or three bathrooms that's a pretty much a giveaway that they didn't renovate the last bathroom right maybe it's a basement bathroom maybe it's a first floor bathroom and there's already a they renovated the master bathroom the children's bathroom upstairs very often you can get away with that and most people will still pay decent money for a house if their master bathroom is new children's bathrooms new but if it is a basement bathroom is a third or another bathroom a full bathroom on the first floor it may not need to be renovated one of the things we do is we reglaze a bathroom right so if we have a, a bathroom that's in good shape but the tile is a horrible color like pink or green that was done a lot of times maybe we'll change the fixtures the the toilet or the tub if we can without ripping up the surround and the 
and the vanity and we'll just reglaze it white and we've done very well with that and that's several hundred dollars or under a thousand dollars instead of a four thousand dollar five thousand dollar bathroom so we approach most rehab projects today well, what do we not have to do where we used to approach them let's what can we do and i think that's very very important um if you're, you're starting to rehab um i remember one of our first projects there was a bathroom that was pretty good and we didn't do it and it like killed us that we didn't really do the bathroom but we sold the property for what we thought we would it didn't affect anything um and we still mostly renovated almost every bathroom after that but when we look back that was a good indication of what we should have been doing most of the time the bathroom's okay change the vanity change the toilet it, it, it might still work again if it's not a master if it's a master bathroom and the master bedroom that changes things um and you know costing these things and figuring out how much it'll cost is a big deal there's no i wish there was an easy way to do it if you have no idea what anything will cost i would say call five contractors and here's the important part come up with a very specific scope of work give it to them and say how much will this cost now we can help you with that if you need to come up with the scope of work but if you give if you walk what we used to do is just walk through with a contract we need to do this we need to do that we need that and each contract said oh you know you might not need to do this you might need to do that the flooring you might need work we got different off we got different bids from them because they were all on different things they, you know one contract and said oh in the basement you're going to need to do something and the other contract didn't think so so we weren't getting we weren't really comparing apples to apples you need to come up with a scope of work with every single thing you want done as specific as possible literally the, the products you want him to spend on if you're if you're going to have the contracted by the materials and then compare those to each other um and you're going to have trouble there's, there's there's no way to avoid construction problems right the main issue with construction problems is unexpected things right and it's not contractor bait and switching you it's a contractor who just doesn't know that when he rips out the kitchen cabinets he's going to see that the plumbing's all screwed up or when he rips out when he's trying to replace fixtures he finds that the electrical is all screwed up this happens all the time um so that's the issue with rehabbing which is one of the reasons why we we we, we do less rehabbing now because every time we did rehabbing it usually costs more and takes longer and you have to just expect that if contracting tells you it's going to take six weeks i'd say figure three months if contracting tells you it's twenty thousand dollars figure 30. it's just the way it is um but you have to tell the contractor that this is the budget and then you're not going up unless anything really unexpected comes in because some contractors will lowball you and then just some contractors will lowball you and then tell you things that they should have told you before it's not an easy thing to do but um we can help you with it if you need help and um we can cost you know we can give you estimates of what we think things will cost and we can give you service providers you know for uh, materials and we can even help you with contractors if you need but um the question you're always going to have is really cutting corners versus doing things amazingly you know and uh it really depends where it is what what it is you got to look at what comparable properties to where you're going to sell this are going for right? if they're really done and you might even want to go visit them right and see the level of work done you can't tell from pictures you really can't uh, that's why some contracts would send us pictures it's a waste of time you got to see it in person the only way to know if a tile work is done right is to look at it you know from different angles in the light and see does this guy really do good tile work or not tile work is a big deal because if you do it wrong it's there and ripping it up is expensive um painting is something you can't tell if it's really done well unless you you see it up front so take a look at contractors work um and then you got to you have to see you know is this an area where you're going to sell a property for three hundred thousand dollars 
Or is this an area you're going to sell a property for $800,000? If you're selling a property for $800,000, the work should be really good, right? And if you're selling a property for much less, it may not matter, right? If someone is uh, coming in for a rental-grade kind of property or you're renting it, you know, the perfect painting may not be necessary. So these are the things you got to do. You got to really do research into the area. I'd spend time going to open houses for renovated properties and seeing what people are offering and what level it is. And you can ask the realtor sometimes or the seller which contractor they used if you really like the work and get an estimate from them. But rehabbing is a huge topic. Again, I could spend an hour on it. Um, but it's something that if you're getting into rehabbing, you're going to learn as you go as you go along, just like we did. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.